Good morning. We're doing a series on all-time favorites, and I thought maybe I would share some of my favorites with you, so I actually brought some of them with me. Uh, guys up top, I can't get this uh, iPad to work. If you could help me out. So, well, one of my favorites is Reese Cups. Uh, are you guys Reese Cup fans? Any Reese Cup fans in the room? Oh, yeah. So I'm actually, yeah, going to toss these out to you. I mean, because what, what fun is it to just hold them to myself, right? So Reese Cups, hands up. Yeah, we're just going to, like, chuck some of these, right? You might think I'm bribing you, and I probably am. But I'll say this, I have your attention now. Okay. Uh, I also like Dr. Pepper, so I don't know who's thirsty. I, if I throw it to the back row, I might regret that. Anybody closer want one? There you go. Dan wants one. Be careful opening that, okay? Anybody else? Brian wants one. I see Brian's hand. Oh, heads. Hey, yay. Hey, nice catch. One more? Thirsty people over here? Sean? Sean? <laughs> you ready? <laughs> yeah. Here you go. <laughs> you guys are like, yeah, throw it to the back row, off the wall. Let's see what happens. I might regret that. My message this morning is the rally cry, but uh, I want to go back and, and give you a few more favorites. My, uh, my son, Dre, on a, uh, on a boogie board, going to the beach with my family, my wife and kids, is one of my favorites. Anybody dig on the beach? You guys like the ocean? Uh, the Packers. Uh, love the Packers. Any Pack- We've got a few Packers fans, maybe two. Uh, looking forward to the NFL season starting. Looking forward to cheering on my team. And uh, the last one, movies. How many of you guys dig on some movies? Like movies? Yeah? So I thought I'd share with you some of my favorites, because that's what Tom said was it's a favorite series. So I thought if I just get up here and talk about my favorite stuff, we could put it all together. We'll have Reese Cups, Dr. Pepper, we'll hit the beach, watch the Packers game, uh, and, and a movie afterwards. Are you guys down with that? That sounds good for church for me. <laughs> all right, some movies. My favorite Star Wars movie uh, is Return of the Jedi. My favorite uh, Pirates movie is The Dead Man's Chest. My favorite or most recent, uh, I guess, recent movie, my favorite recent movie would probably be the new Star Trek movie that came out uh, over the summer, or The Secret Life of Pets was pretty funny. I also like movies with rally cries. If you uh, would draw your attention to a couple rally cries, The Avengers, if you remember the scene in the original Avengers movie, uh, they're getting beat, they're losing, Captain America's there, and he starts pulling the team together and giving them orders and directions to go fight uh, the alien invasion. You may remember the movie Braveheart, where you've got William Wallace and his cry for freedom. But there's two speeches in particular that I actually wanted to share with you that I thought were particularly inspiring when I saw them. The first one is from Independence Day. Oh yeah, this is good stuff, right? (laughs) Alien invasion is coming. President Whitmore stands up in front of the scared pilots okay they got to go fight the aliens and he says this good morning in less than an hour aircraft from here will join others from around the world and you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind mankind that word should have new meaning for all of us today we can't be consumed with our petty differences anymore we will be united in a common interest perhaps it's the fate that today is the fourth of july and you will once more be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. 
We are fighting for our right to live, to exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday. But it will be known as a day that we declared in one voice that we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We are going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. And then they go off and go fight the aliens, right? Something resonates in me, and I want to go fight the aliens with that guy. It's weird, right? But in my human spirit, there's something that stirs in me. And so, again, uh, this one is from The Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Aragorn gives a speech at the Black Gate in front of all the enemy forces. Darkness is closing in around them, and the warriors are afraid. And he says this, Hold your ground. Hold your ground. Sons of Gondor, of Rohan, my brothers, I see in you the same fear that would take the heart of me. A day may come when the courage of men fails, when we forsake our friends and break the bonds of fellowship. But it is not this day, an hour of wolves and shattered shields, when the age of men comes crashing down. But it is not this day. This day, we fight by all that you hold dear on this good earth. I bid you, stand, men of the West! And they go out and fight the forces of darkness. So I don't know if you like rally cries, but I do, and they resonate with me. I guess because, I guess I like being called to something more. I like being able to have a cause that's worthy and good, right? And so as we come to what is my favorite Bible passage, it may not surprise you that I picked a rally cry. So as I read these inspiring words from the movies, I think you kind of get the idea that fighting the forces of evil is important, and there is a part of us that wants to be a part of that. So this is what I would call Paul's spiritual battle cry to the Corinthians and to us. And he says this, Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be men of courage. Be strong. Do everything in love. So if you've got a Bible, you can turn to 1 Corinthians. We're just going to camp out on that section right there, those two verses, pretty much the whole morning. You know, this rally cry is buried in uh, the end of uh, the book of Corinthians, middle of chapter 16. There's a whole bunch of uh, kind of traveling instructions, some final instructions from Paul. And then nestled in between these greetings and parting words are these two sentences, or these two phrases in there. It can be easily missed. But if we look at what, is, what do they mean, let's take a look. Uh, what does it mean to be on your guard? And uh, so I looked up the word, and in Greek, it's uh, gregoruo. To be awake, to be alert, to watch, to keep watch, to be watchful or vigilant. But when I read it, it also struck in me uh, the French term for, uh, that they use in fencing. Uh, on guard, right? And you're ready you're ready to battle, right? So here's the idea that you're a call to a fencer to adopt a defensive stance in readiness for an attack. This is the first part of the rally cry is this, adopt a defensive position, right? To take up your shield. This is what, I got a little, a little picture for you on each one to kind of help you remember. So this is when we got a shield to take up 
a defensive position. There's a battle going on. Whether you want to acknowledge it or not, it may feel invisible to you or it may be internal and you feel this pressure inside of you. There's a battle going on of the forces of good versus evil in our world and in your heart and for the lives of the people around you. And Paul says, take a defensive stance. To put up your shield, the hands to be ready to defend, to be alert and watchful, that you've got some heightened awareness looking around. That you're ready to protect yourself. Now, I'm not saying to be protective. It's not a paranoid thing, but it's a readiness thing. Prepare for battle, to be in the word and applying the truth, and to be ready for the attacks that may come. Uh, ever had something happen to you and you're just knocked on your butt? Like if I'm out in the ocean and waves are coming, you turn your back on the ocean, it will kick you in the tail, right? Uh, I've been slapped in the face more than once by a wave or knocked down completely by a wave, not paying attention. Um, but life can be like that. Waves of stuff can come after you. And if you're not planted, if your feet aren't ready and your body ready to take the blow, sometimes life can knock you down. So there's some good words in Proverbs about this. It says, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Good words. To guard your heart. To put your shield up and have your heart protected. Be on your guard. To keep watch and pray so that you will not give into temptation, is what Matthew 26 says. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Jesus gives these words to his disciples as he's in the garden uh, of Gethsemane, ready to face the suffering that's about to come upon him and be arrested. He warns them to keep watch for him and to pray, and they don't. They fall asleep. Um, but for us, what are the temptations in our life that we need to be ready to face? Sometimes you don't know where they're going to come from, but we need to be ready and to keep watch. All right, so we've taken a defensive stance. We've got our shields up, and Paul urges us now to stand firm. So I've got this picture of a lighthouse up there for you. Because in my mind, if you've seen a lot of lighthouses, a lot of them are built on a rocky area, and they stand tall and strong, and they don't go anywhere. They stay there, and they do their job. They stand firm, and they guard and protect ships from crashing into the shoreline, right? Or some other hazard that might be there. And we, like a lighthouse, need to build a strong foundation. So Matthew 7 says, Therefore, if anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock, who built his house is life on Christ. That we need to have a foundation that is firm and strong. Here's what Second uh, Peter says about holding on to the truth. We need to not just stand firm, but a way we can do that is to hold on to the Word of God. It says, I am warning you ahead of time, dear friends, be on your guard so that you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people and lose your own secure footing. Rather, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, or of our Savior, Jesus Christ. To hold on to the truth. Sometimes we forget the truth. We believe lies about ourselves. We believe lies about God. And we end up um, abandoning the things that we once held close and dear. And Paul urges them, go back and hold on to the things that are true. And for the Corinthians, some false teachers were coming into their church and into their community. And they needed to hold on to what Paul had taught them and to hold on to the word of God and not fall victim to people who are leading them astray. The next one, after we've built a firm foundation, hold on to the truth, is don't bail. Man, this is a hard one. Sometimes we want to give up. We want to quit. We want to give in. But don't bail on your faith. 
don't bail on God. Sometimes we're tempted to leave it all behind. Don't bail on the church. The people you're sitting next to need you. And the last one is don't, don't bail on community. Sometimes it's easy just to not show up or to not be present, to not be involved, to not love, to not invest. And Paul urges them, and I urge you, let us not bail on this deal, but stand firm. This last one is basically be a lighthouse. This, that's the kind of the word picture I want to give you. Be strong, stand firm, stand guard, and don't forget the things that God has taught you, that he's put in your heart. Growing up, my, uh, my parents really enjoyed and uh, loved lighthouses. They spent a lot of time actually traveling to different lighthouses and going and taking pictures and checking them out. And uh, on this particular lighthouse, there was a picture hanging in their entryway. And they liked lighthouses so much that they actually built a lighthouse into their entryway of their home. And so uh, their home in Deerfield, Ohio, uh, they had this kind of spiral staircase that went up. And you could go out and look out and see, like, uh, the lake and all the stuff around you. This picture hung in their entryway. And it always kind of puzzled me because if you look really close, you can see, like, a little speck of what looks like a person in that doorway. And... Uh, when I, when I looked at that, I was like, I was just kind of wondering, is it, is it a painting and they just kind of dabbled the guy in there? Or was it like Photoshop and they just kind of like dropped him in? And, uh, I'm like, it's cool, but that dude's about to get hosed. <laughs> and I'm like, so I actually did a little bit of research because I'm like, this painting kind of intrigued me or this photograph intrigued me. And I found out that it was done, uh, it was actually a photograph by a French guy named Jean Guillachard. And he took this photograph, actually a series of photographs, and I wanted to read to you a, an article by this guy, Thomas Masano, who writes about the painting, or the, sorry, the photograph. He says this, kind of a summarized version. Jean Guillachard is a French photographer known for his images of lighthouses. One series of pictures is world famous. It depicts the French lighthouse, La Jumont, in a tempest. A wave is about to engulf the lighthouse as its keeper, Theodore Malgorn, looks out the open door, thinking that Guillachard was the rescue helicopter. Oh, snap, he wasn't. <laughs> okay? The lighthouse keeper realized the mistake and returned inside just in time. Amazingly, the lighthouse keeper survived the wave. Why do I show you that picture? Well, sometimes life feels like that turmoil of water about to crash in on you. And all you can do is stand firm like a lighthouse, go inside and just weather the storm and just wait on God and wait to be rescued. The dude wasn't rescued right then, right? He had to go in and buckle down and and praise God he survived, you know? And I don't think the photographer really expected a person to be there. I think he was just trying to capture some cool shots, you know? But here's the thing, sometimes all you can do is just stand firm and wait on the Lord. So I thought it might be helpful if we uh, had a song to go with it, right? I don't know, i just have a little fun this morning. Here's a song that kind of goes with this theme of being a lighthouse, all right? So I want you to take a listen to uh, My Lighthouse by uh, Ren Collective. So not only is Jesus our lighthouse and the one who can lead us safe to shore, but we can stand firm like a lighthouse built on the rock. All right, so after we've stand firm in our faith, Paul charges us now to be courageous. 
to be men of courage. To have the heart of a lion that's full of passion, power, confidence, and to overcome fear. And to not back down. To face the challenges ahead when maybe they seem formidable, but to do it in the courage of the Lord. And then to live boldly and bravely for God, but not on your own, through the power of the Holy Spirit. I think sometimes it's hard to muster courage, but God charges us, Paul charges us, not just for the men though, for all of us. So so be strong and courageous, all who put your hope in the Lord. Ladies, this is for you too. We need warrior women. We just do. And warrior men, to go after the heart of God, to go after faith, to go after the things that matter. Does that feel good? To be called to something more? This famous one uh, in Joshua, given um, to... To Joshua, after Moses had died, he's supposed to lead the people of Israel and maybe feeling a little intimidated. And God says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I feel like I'm getting a few of my favorites all in one message because I love that one too. That's a really, really great. And it rouses my attention too to say, all right, sometimes... I get so focused on my own business, my own life, my own stuff, that I lose heart. Anybody feeling the pressure of the fall? Feeling the pressure, some stress maybe? Um, yeah, I think we need to take heart and take courage. All right, so here we are. We're on our guard. Our shields are up. We're standing firm. Our heart's filled with courage. And now Paul adds to our posture strength to be strong. To have strength for the battle. This internal fortitude, if you will. Or to have some guts. You also need some physical and mental toughness. You're going to need some strength, some brute force perhaps, and a mind that's disciplined. So perseverance, not to give up. That can be hard. But to push through the darkness. To push through in hard times. And then some endurance for the long haul. Anybody who's into running long distances knows you've got to hang in there and pace yourself for the long haul. Sprinter is not going to do well on a, on a three or four mile race, right? And this journey of faith is not a sprint, people. It is a long marathon. And so we've got to endure for the long haul. Here's what the psalm says. It says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. I trust him with all my heart. And again, in Ephesians, it says this, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power and put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. You may have forgotten about this battle, but Paul wants to remind us again, or sorry, this is Peter um, saying, stay alert. And then it's got a lot of the same language we've used already. To watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. But stand firm against him. And be strong in your faith. And remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering that you are. 
Maybe you've been feeling that pressure. Maybe you've been feeling overwhelmed or attacked or like you've got some opposition in your life. Or maybe the way seems uncertain. And I think these words come at a good time for us. So now that we've done all this macho warrior stuff, right? We're doing this. We're on our guard. We're standing firm. We're taking courage. We're trying to be strong. Paul adds what kind of seems like a contradiction here at the end. And he says this. Do everything in love. And that feels a little bit like an oxymoron. It feels a little bit like it doesn't go together. How can you do both? How can you be this tough, macho, raw, and still, oh, this loving, caring person, right? I mean, you got like this Klingon warrior, raw, you know, kind of love for battle, and yet tempered with Jesus' compassion. So this compassionate warrior is this idea. Wow, what does that look like to be that? To have this passion of a lion and power and strength and yet temper that with the love that Jesus has and the compassion that he has for people. That's a hard one to do, but I really believe we're called to it. And as Paul adds this do everything in love part, I think we need to do this the, the next three things here. To fight for good and not for evil. So make sure your cause is just and it's the things of God that you're battling and not just your neighbor because you don't like him. Okay? Or not just your boss or your coworkers, but you actually fight for the things that matter. The things of faith, the things of God. To love God and to love others. Fight for that stuff. That's just valuable and worth fighting for and worth loving others for. And to let love guide your actions. So as you live your life, as you go through your work day, as you go through your school day, to yes, be ready for battle, but not just to punch anyone's lights out that comes near you, right? But in love that you fight for the things that are valuable and you remember that your cause is good and fighting for the Lord and the things of God and to love people as you do that. A good example of this might be for a parent disciplining their kid in love, not out of anger, right? Um, this weird mix of, of this compassionate warrior. Here's what John 13 says. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by all this, by all this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And I like this one too in First Peter. It says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. All right, so let's look at it all again together, okay? Here it is. Say this with me, all right? Be on your guard. Oh my gosh, that's so weak. Okay. All right, again, be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be men of courage. Be strong. Do everything in love. Not easy things to do. But this rally cry resonates with me, and I hope that it might with you as well. I wanted to, uh, to close with a quote from uh, a book called The Way of the Wild Heart. A while back, um, John Eldridge wrote a series of books. Uh, the first one was Wild at Heart. Um, many of you probably know this one. This one's a follow-up to that. And he says this, There are certain things worth fighting for. A marriage, for example or the institution of marriage as a whole, children, whether they are yours or not, friendships will have to be fought for, as you've discovered by now, and churches too. 
which seem bent on destroying themselves if they are not first destroyed by the enemy who hates them. Many people feel that the earth is worth fighting for. Doctors fight for the lives of patients, teachers for the hearts and futures of their students. Take anything good or true or beautiful upon this earth and ask yourself, can this be protected without a fight? You guys, there's a lot of war and battle in the Bible. We read, especially in the Old Testament. There's a war and battle going on now. And there are things worth fighting for. Your family is worth fighting for. Your marriage is worth fighting for. This church is worth fighting for. Your neighborhood and your school campus are worth fighting for. Your workplace is worth fighting for. That The message of God would go out and that people would hear and feel and know the love of God. So let me ask you, why do you think that Paul needed to give these words to the Corinthians? Well, if you look at the context of 1 Corinthians, they were constantly facing opposition. Opposition in the form of sin in their churches, in their hearts. Opposition through false teaching, which I already mentioned to you. And this letter from Paul comes as a big correction for the things that are going on for them. Paul had written them a difficult but important letter. And at the close of the letter, he knew that they needed to be reminded of what's important. And that their faith was worth fighting for. So how about you? Have you faced opposition lately? Maybe you've been super busy. Maybe you've been super stressed, or maybe you've got this fall craziness that's happening. And my family, it's been a little bit nuts. Back to school stuff, back to work stuff, um, birthdays and birthdays and go get your school whatever you need and pay these fees and go to the game and start coaching and it feels a little nuts right now. I don't know if it feels that way for you, but these words come at a good time for me. Maybe you've got some difficulty at work or maybe you've got some struggles at home or maybe you just really hate school right now. Or maybe it's the transition of our church and what we're feeling and experiencing right now. And I think these words come at a good time even for that. To say, you know what, as your brother, as your friend, look, I know the future seems intimidating sometimes. And there's a lot of uncertainty. We don't know exactly how it's all going to shake out. But God has got our back. And our front and our side and behind and before, like the song we read, right? Or sang. He's holding us in the palm of his hand. And I would urge you, let's rally together. As we face the next season of life, arm in arm, hand in hand, battling together for the things that matter, for faith, for our families, and for our community. Does that sound good? All right, one last time. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be men of courage. Be strong. Do everything in love.